Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tigerville, a church situated in the northern suburbs of Cape Town. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that it will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. So this morning we're continuing on that word, living transformed lives. And uh, I'm going to open up with this question. Are there things you are living for that's holding you back? Are there things that you are living for that is maybe holding you back from what God has got for you in the, the race that he's called you to run? So let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 to 10. So uh, there's no load shedding this morning. So you guys have got the scriptures uh, on the screen again. But I trust that last week was a, a, good, uh, a good learning curve for you guys to also consider opening up your own Bibles whether it's on your phone, whether it's physical, um, it's always good to just get into the word and, and, and be ready to, to receive like that as well. So Hebrews, 10, or Hebrews 11 verse 8 to 10 from the Passion says, Faith motivated Abraham to obey God's call and leave the familiar to discover the territory he was destined to inherit from God. So he left with only a promise and without even knowing ahead of time where he was going, Abraham stepped out in faith. He lived by faith as an immigrant in his promised land, as though it belonged to someone else. He journeyed through the land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, who were persuaded that they were also co-heirs of the same promise. His eyes of faith were set on the city with unshakable foundations, whose architect and builder is God himself. So there's a lot that uh, we can draw out from this, this specific passage this morning and the whole of chapter 11, but I just want to zone into um, this practical component that when God called Abraham, it says here, God's call uh, was a call to leave the familiar to discover a territory which was destined to inherit from God. So he left only with a promise without even knowing ahead of time where he was going. So consider this for a moment. There's maybe things that God wants to show you, maybe things and places God wants to lead you to, but it's an unknown. It's a territory that, that's unfamiliar to you. And, and maybe you can't consider, you, you, you can't think, how's it going to work out? How are we going to get there? But what did Abraham do? He, he had faith and he believed in God, that God is faithful to his word. And wherever God calls us to, whatever God leads us to, it's for our benefit and the kingdom's benefit. And so when we consider that, that God is a good God, that God is a, a faithful God, that God is a loving God, the things that he's leading us to, even though we might not know how it's going to look, how it's going to work out, it is going to work out. It is going to be a blessing to us and a blessing to ultimately people's eternities. Because it's through Abraham and his seed that we are celebrating today Jesus. And that's amazing. That's, a, that's an amazing kind of picture to consider that Abraham believed God for this specific promise that through the seed, him and all of the nations of the earth will be blessed. But consider this as well. When God told Abraham, I'll bless you and you will also be a blessing. Oftentimes we just want to kind of stop there. God will bless me. Hallelujah. God will bless me with a new car. God will bless me with a new house. God will bless me. X, Y, Z, B, and D, and we don't consider me being a blessing. None of you, I know, like you guys are great blessings, and you're continually just looking at how you can be a blessing with what God has entrusted to you. Wow, it's quiet in here this morning. 
Verse 10, his eyes of faith were set on the city. So his eyes were set on something, a city with unshakable foundations, whose architect and builder is God himself. Just again, talking about the, the promise that God made to Abraham wasn't carnal, it wasn't physical things. It was a, a spiritual promise. It was eternity. And oftentimes we're so consumed with building the natural, building the year and now, getting our, our, our things together, getting our houses and getting our jobs and having enough savings and this and that. And savings isn't a bad thing. But if your life is consumed with the year and now, and you're not living with eternity in mind, you're living way below what Jesus died for you for. Way below. And troubles are going to come. Trials and tribulation will come. And what you are living for today and how you're building your life today will determine whether you're going to be able to push through those trials and tribulations. Because if you're living for the year and now, the temple, the carnal, and your life is just carnal, man, it's hard when trials and tribulations come. There's a lot of people who had a very difficult time through lockdown. If you guys are, or maybe I'll see what happens here. So whatever you're living for right now, if you're just living carnal, when troubles and persecution comes, it's so much harder because you're caught up in the natural, you're caught up in the carnal. But you, when you're building your life on things that is eternal, man, when problems come, just like, goodness, that wasn't that bad. And then someone next to you is like falling apart because they, everything is set in this natural. The economy. If you, for example, had all of your, your, your life savings and Steinhoff a few years ago, man, you had a tough time when Steinhoff, all of that happened. And if you don't know what Steinhoff is, it's not that important. It's not going to change your life. But the point is this. If, if your life is invested in the temporal things, Matthew 6 talks about this. Things that uh, rusts, things that can be corrupted. If your life is built on those things, you're setting yourself up for failure, for heartache, disappointment, etc. And I think none of us wants to be people who say, like, I'm going to build my life and set myself up for disappointment, heartache, failure. No, we want to we build our lives, setting itself up for, for happiness, for joy, for fruit, etc. And it comes through purposing and building our lives on things that carry eternal value. John 4 verse 10 to 14 says, Jesus replied, if you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give to you, you'd ask me for a drink. Now this is amazing. God's desire is this gift that Jesus is talking about to this woman at, at the well, the Samaritan woman. God's desire is to give every person on the face of the earth this specific gift. And we're going to look at what this gift is. But it's God's desire. But it, even though it's His desire, it doesn't happen by default. People need to receive. People need to respond. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 says that we are saved by grace through faith. And it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's a gift of God. But we receive it by faith, by putting our trust in God, as Abraham did. He put his trust in God and ultimately he received the promise that we all have to respond to as well. The gift of Jesus, the gift of God's spirit. 
You'd ask me for a drink and I would give to you living water. The woman replied, but sir, you don't even have a bucket and this well is very deep. So where do you find this living water? Do you really think that you are greater than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well and drank from it himself, along with his children and livestock? Jesus answered, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again. Thank you, Mdupi, for your background music. Again and again, but if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they'll never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. When you drink the water I give, it becomes a gushing fount of the Holy Spirit springing up and flooding with endless life. Now, this is a passage of scripture that we've looked at on a regular basis, and it's there's so much in here, there's so much truth, so much profound uh, revelation to be uh, drawn from this passage of scripture. And I trust that the Holy Spirit will reveal more things to you. But I just want to draw out a few things that I believe uh, 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 is needed for us to, to, to partake of this morning. Verse 12. Do you really think that you are greater than our ancestor Jacob? And oftentimes, and if we're considering this question, are you holding on to things and are you, are you invested into specific things that is maybe holding you back? This woman was looking at things from a carnal point of view. And that carnality, in a sense, prevented her from receiving something up until a specific point. We continue on uh, uh, and we'll uh, jump down to the, the bottom of the story in a moment. But oftentimes, our carnality is holding us back from what God wants to show us, what God wants to reveal to us, even tradition, so to speak. Because, yeah, this woman was talking about our ancestor Jacob built this well. Now, we just read about Abraham, Jacob, and so this is years of heritage, years of tradition. And yet Jesus rocks up to the scene, and this woman is quite offended that Jesus thinks that, hey, you're better than my, my ancestor Jacob. And so we need to consider, are there things that we're valuing, things that we're holding on to, that is preventing us from receiving what God has for us, stepping into the arena and the places that God has prepared for us. This is a very practical word, guys. Because life is practical. It's not just kind of, let's pretend like everything is okay. Let's just come to church and sing Goombaya and then go back home and have all of our problems and, and hope that we're going to make it till next Sunday. No, that's not what Christianity is about. It's about living in the transformation that took place in the inside of us, God's Spirit, and having that come out to the surface. And it's going to require, practically speaking, letting go of things. Letting go of things to embrace what God has got for us. Even maybe years and years of teaching, years and years of traditions, etc. Like it was in this case where this woman was just looking at our ancestor Jacob, he dug this well. Verse 13, Jesus answered, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again. So if you're clinging to these things, if you're holding on to these things, it's not going to satisfy you. Getting that dream house that you've dreamt about, and you visualize it, and you like naming and claiming, and you... I've been there, and, and I've got maybe some things that I'm trusting God for in the natural, but my life isn't being consumed with those things. It's not wrong to dream and have, have 
specific things that you like looking at and, and thinking, man, or maybe one day like, it would be nice to have this, this type of job or maybe one day it would be nice to have this type of car or, or those shoes that I've seen in the catalog or on the mannequin. Like, it's not wrong. But if you consumed with those things, you'll be thirsty again and again and again and again. You cannot be satisfied in the natural, on the carnal things in this, in this world. Only Jesus, only living in the purpose that you've been created for can satisfy you. Now I know, probably all of you have heard this before. It's a truth that is eternal. Meaning that I can share this next week, the week thereafter. I, someone could have shared this a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago. And it's, it's been shared. It's a truth that is eternal. It will never change. That only Jesus can satisfy you, only walking in your destiny, your God birth destiny, Christ in you, Him revealed through you, only that can truly satisfy you. It's a truth. But guess what? John 8, verse 32 says, You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, you guys are all, myself included, I'm hearing a truth. The guys online, the guys who will be listening to this teaching, you're hearing a truth. But hearing truth is not enough. It's knowing truth. What is knowing truth? It's not, it's not intellectual. It's heartfelt. It's cut at the heart. Meaning that knowing this is like in coming to know this truth, my life is shaped so radically that I don't care about anything else. Let's jump down to the bottom of the story. This is what I'm talking about. Knowing this truth. It goes beyond. But be, before we, I'll come back to the knowing this truth uh, idea and concept that we need to grasp and, and allow ourselves to kind of just simmer on. It says, you'll be forever satisfied. For when you drink the water that I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit springing up and flooding you with endless life. Gushing. Gushing water. Think about gushing water. Victoria Falls, Niagara Falls. Like it's, it's waters, the, the, the impact of that water can kill a person. Okay, it's not just a, a, a sprinkling of water. It's not just like, oh, I felt something. I know, like you know there's something. You can feel the waters from like probably, I, don't, I haven't been there, but from meters away, you can feel the impact of the water falling. Can people feel the impact of your life? This is God's desire for each one of us. Not just for people that they have to come and stand right next to you and for them to sense that you're there. And then when you're gone, they've forgotten about you. No, a life lived where, where people can feel the impact of your life. That when you're no longer here, people can feel there's a void, there's a vacuum. Guess what? God isn't going to determine. I'm not going to determine. You get to determine what kind of life you are living. That's, that's liberating, right? That each one of us here this morning, God isn't determining for us. The past isn't determining this fast. No one can determine for you the type of life that you are living. The impact you're having on the people around you. You get to choose. Say it with me. I get to 
choose. That's liberating. That we get to choose the type of lives that we are living. And we get to stir and choose whether we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to become a gushing fountain of life. Not just giving me life, but the life of people around me as well. So knowing this truth, what were we talking about? Let's jump down to verse 26, 25. Let's do from 25. The woman said, this is also confusing, but I do know that the anointed one is coming, the Messiah. And when he comes, he will tell us everything we need to know. Jesus said to her, you don't have to wait any longer. The anointed one is here speaking with you. I'm the one you're looking for. At that moment, the disciples returned and were stunned to see Jesus speaking with the Samaritan woman. Yet none of them cared or dared to ask him why or what they were discussing. All at once. Say at once. At once, meaning immediately. All at once, the woman dropped her water jar and ran off to the village and told everyone. What happened to this woman? She encountered Jesus. She came to know something. Truly know something. On a heart level, not on an intellectual level. She came to know something. And she walked to this water well, which was far from the town, to draw water. So she, she did something important. Drinking water daily is important. Who of you know that? It's important to drink water daily. So this was something very important that she was doing. There might be important things that you need to do. But are the things you're doing carrying any weight in light of eternity? Because this woman went to do something, yet she encountered Jesus and she came to know a truth. Not intellectually, because if she knew a truth intellectually, guess what would have happened? Thank you, Jesus. Good message. Water bucket. Let's go back to town. Carry on with my life. Get married to another few husbands. Just live on in that place of carnality. Living consumed with, with sin. Living consumed with no impact. But the truth that she heard in that moment didn't stay intellectual. That engagement she had with Jesus, the time she spent with Jesus, wasn't just an intellectual exercise. It wasn't just going to church on Sunday, hearing a good word. No, the truth she heard impacted her heart. It became personal. Personal revelation. And that truth that she heard led to her leaving everything that, that she considered important leaving it behind, embracing what God had for and went to the town and started telling people about this Jesus. This is the lives that God is destined for us all to live, to be impacted with His love, to be impacted with the message of, of His grace, with the truth of His Spirit living in us and through us. But that will never happen until it becomes personal to each one of us. I can't make it personal for you. You need to make this personal between you and God. 
and come to embrace this truth, embrace this life that God has got for you. And it's probably going to cost you something, leaving something behind, changing something, adjusting your life, making room. Consider this, making room for God's Spirit to actually have a say in your life. We like to be in control. Anyone here enjoy being in control, kind of knowing what's going to happen and you, you want to know the steps and the processes and you don't like surprises? We all like that in some degree. But Abraham didn't know what was coming, but he gave over to God. This woman didn't consider maybe all of the consequences of the decisions she made, but she gave over. And I guarantee you, when you give over, when you put your trust in God, you'll never regret it. The types of lives that we're living right now, when we're living in that place of, of no regret, trusting God. If you're ever in the Tigerberg area, we invite you to visit us at one of our gatherings. To find out more, please contact us at info at or visit us at gracelife.co.